Hey friends, welcome to Girls' Night. I'm Stephanie Mae Wilson, and I'm so happy that you're here. Each week, I have a girlfriend over, and we talk through one of the biggest questions we have about our lives as women. We're talking about friendships and faith and relationships and self-confidence, about our calling in life and how to live every bit of our lives to the full. Life is so much better and easier and absolutely more fun when we navigate it together as girlfriends, and I cannot wait to get started. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Friends, springtime is finally here, but that also means allergy season is in full swing. I have always struggled with allergies and I don't know about you, but I am especially allergic to cats. More on that in a second. Well, luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. The time that I use Claritin the absolute most is when I'm at my parents' house, my childhood home. They have this absolutely beautiful cat that they love and I like, except for the fact that he sheds so much. So that means that I'm basically sneezing from the second I arrive home to the second I leave, unless I take Claritin. My dad has even started having it ready for me right when I walk in the door. Are you ready to live life as though you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Claritin, thank you so much for sponsoring our girls' night. We love having you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. As many of you know, I recently wrote a book, and while it was the most rewarding project of my career so far, it also came with a lot of hard work and long nights. And sometimes when things started to feel a little bit overwhelming, I needed to get a few things off my chest so I could clear my mind and keep the writing process flowing. And the thing that helped me so much to sort through those feelings was therapy. Now tell me if any of this sounds familiar. Maybe you're going through something really hard right now, a big loss or a gigantic life transition. Maybe you frequently feel anxious, depressed, overwhelmed, or just generally discouraged. Maybe you really, really, really want your life circumstances to change, but you don't know how to actually change them. Or maybe you're feeling stuck as you try to work through your past, navigate your present, or figure out your future. Friend, if you can relate to any of this, you're not alone. I've been there, and therapy has been the thing that has helped me more than anything else with all of this. In the last 10 years or so, I've learned that strength isn't proving I can do it on my own. It's knowing that I don't have to. I'm at my strongest when I have a full support system around me, and an essential part of my support system is therapy. Therapy can be absolutely life-changing, that is, if you can afford it and find a therapist you like and trust. But of course, this is easier said than done. And that's why I'm so excited to be partnering with this week's podcast sponsor. Our sponsor for today's episode is BetterHelp. 
BetterHelp is the easiest and most affordable way I've ever found to find a great therapist. It's entirely online and super easy to sign up. You can get started right away. And if you don't love the counselor you're paired with, switching is easy and it's free. If you're going through something hard in your relationships, or if you're in a funk you just can't shake, if you've been feeling anxious or depressed lately, or if you're feeling stressed and you need help balancing your everyday life and schedule, BetterHelp is an incredible resource for you. And I'm so thankful that they've given me a promo code that I can share with you to make it even easier to get started. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com friendship today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash friendship. Hey friends, I am so excited to be sitting here with you for our second ever Girls Night solo episode. Um, I did my first one earlier this season and I told you guys that I was wildly nervous about it. And I'm so grateful that the feedback has been really good. You guys said, yes, let's keep doing this more. And so here we are. Um, I want to give the just, I don't maybe the caveat or like warning here at the beginning that I'm still really new at this. Interviewing, I can do that. Solo podcast episode makes me nervous, especially because I'm sitting here and I'm looking at video also. By the way, if you're listening on audio, did you know that we have a YouTube channel? We do. Um, so I'm sitting here, I'm I'm uh, filming this and and I'm just still really new at this. I don't totally know what I'm doing, um, but actually that's really the theme of today's episode. And so I'm just throwing that out there right now that I'm a beginner at this and I'm a firm believer that it's okay to be a beginner. And we're gonna talk about that a lot more, but uh, just bear with me as I get some practice in um, at doing these solo episodes. Also, um, if you're watching the YouTube video, you may have seen, I have this crazy bruise on my arm. I lifted my arm up and then realized, oh, you can see that. And I feel like I probably have to address the giant bruise in the room. I, on Halloween, uh, we were taking the girls out trick-or-treating and right as we walked out the door, I stepped off of our side, like the side of our porch. And it's just like a half a foot step, but my ankle rolled and I came crashing to the ground and my arm came crashing down onto our porch, onto like, the corner of our brick porch. And I just like stayed down for a while. I was like, that was a very hard fall. Um, and the girls are standing there like not sure what to do. Like, mom, are you okay? Um, and I was mostly okay, um, except for as I'm getting up and I'm like gathering the girls and we're getting ready to go trick-or-treating, I'm realizing that my arm feels kind of funny. Uh, and I look down and it is starting to grow. Like it looked like my arm swallowed a baseball. It was the craziest, grossest, sorry for the gory details, thing that I have maybe ever done to my body. Um, but it, uh, we got some like compression on it and some ice on it and it shrank and nothing was broken. Although we did spend most of that night going, is my arm broken or is my arm not broken? Not broken. But I do have a really crazy bruise. Um, and I will say, thank you. Big shout out to my Halloween costume and the sweatshirt I was wearing underneath it for saving my arm probably, because I think if I wasn't wearing a narwhal costume when this fall happened, uh, that we would have been talking about more damage. So anyway, uh, just take that mental picture with you of me crashing to the ground in a narwhal costume. <laughs> and now my arm looks crazy and bruised. So anyway, just, uh, just a little explanation for those of you watching the YouTube channel who are thinking, what in the world is wrong with your arm, Steph? Um, anyway, so that's, that's that story. 
Um, but really, I... So this week, when this episode comes out, this week on Friday, um, we're doing something, I'm doing something really big, something exciting, something that um, I've been thinking about forever. So here's my big announcement. So in just a few days, on Black Friday, um, the day after Thanksgiving, I am throwing open the doors to an all-new shop, something I've been working on for more than a year now, something I'm so excited about, and something I cannot wait to share with you. Um, It's called the Girls' Night Gift Shop, which is so fun to be getting to tell you, my Girls' Night community, about this. And it's a newly built slash newly reimagined shop that I really have been working on for ages. And my hope is that it can be the go-to HQ for all things friendship, um, meaningful, thoughtful best friend gifts, and matching shirts to wear with your friends at your next girls' night or girls' weekend or a girls' trip. Pause here for a second. Don't buy gifts for your girlfriends yet. I promise you, I have you covered. But leading up to Black Friday, here in our community and here on the podcast, I wanted to tell you the story of how the shop came to be. This has been a dream of mine for years and years and years, and it's been a passion project of mine for honestly probably about 18 months at this point. But along the way, I got so discouraged in the pursuit of this dream that I came this close to giving up. And so today, I want to tell you why, what happened, and what I learned from it. You guys ready? Okay, so backing up, for as long as I can remember, I have wanted to have a little gift shop. Um, I think probably the origin of this dream was maybe in fourth grade in the height of the Beanie Baby craze. Um, you guys, most of you are going to know what I'm talking about. Um, I, My mom and I opened up a little shop in my class called um, the Beanie Baby Stuff Store. Uh, very creative, but I had little sleeping bags for them and um, like collars and leashes and stuff. And some of the stuff I didn't quite know how to make. And so I looped my mom into being like my production assistant slash doing most of the production. But it was such a fun thing. And I will say that it was so successful that we got shut down. Actually, really, my teacher was like, this is a distraction. Stephanie, I love that you love this, but we're going to have to close it down. So anyway, I think that, but I think that that really is kind of the, the origin of this dream of mine. I have always loved making beautiful things and gifts for people that I love and curating and creating those things. Um, and so it's just been a dream of mine for like as long as I can remember to have a little gift shop. I've had an online store, you guys know this, but I've had an online shop. Um, Ever since my book, my first book, The Lipstick Gospel came out, we got the shop up and running just days before Thanksgiving. It was back in 2014. Um, And we got about 100 orders that first year, which was so exciting. And I enlisted my whole family um, to help me pack up orders of books and these art prints that we made. And it was just this dream come true in a thousand different ways. A few years later, as this podcast, as Girls' Night was just getting started, I decided to make some sweatshirts that we could wear as a Girls' Night community. Um, The original ones are gray and they are so comfy. I literally live my whole life in them, um, except for right now, but usually I'm wearing them. Um, And they say my favorite night is Girls' Night. And we've done a couple different iterations of them over the years. Um, But I love them because they're a celebration of friendship. And it's, it's been so fun to get to see that sweatshirt become sort of the unofficial girls' night uniform for women all over the world, really. And so that's really how my, that's what 
my kind of shop has looked like for the last handful of years. It's been um, resources like my books and my uh, journals and my courses, um, things to help you navigate decisions and transitions and relationships. But then a few like girls like sweatshirts tossed in and it's been kind of the hub for any, basically anything that I make. And that's been okay. That's been fine. Um, But then last summer, I had an idea that I just haven't been able to shake. Um, You guys have probably heard me talk a little bit about this, but you probably didn't know what I was feeling as I was talking about it. And so that's really like, you may have heard part of the story before. I know you haven't heard the whole thing. So this new idea was that my best friends and I were planning a girl's trip last summer. And we decided that we needed matching girl's trip t-shirts. Not wanted, needed. (laughs) We wanted to take fun photos together in our matching girls' shirts, but or girls' trip shirts, but we also wanted sort of a keepsake or like a memento that we could take home with us, a, a reminder of each other and our time together and something that could help us feel connected even when we're far apart. My best friends, um, this, this particular group in particular, uh, live in Colorado. And so we are like, like I'm trying to think, I think it's like almost 2,000. It's at least 1,000. Anyway, you geography people are going to have to correct me, but um, we're like 16 hours, a 16-hour drive from each other. And so um, I just, I wanted something that we could wear together and take fun pictures and, you know, wear as we were going to the lake, but also um, something that could just remind us of our time together and of each other and sort of connect us. Our time together is so precious. I mean, I think any time together as friends is precious, but um, between the four of us that we're going, we have four full-time jobs, three husbands, seven kids and four dogs and a cat, a mean cat. Um, Sorry, Michelle. Um, uh, So I mean, getting time together is really like a miracle to get us all on an airplane and to the same place at the same time is is not a small feat. And so we wanted to mark that that occasion. Um, But we found out that girls trip shirts are actually really pretty hard to find. All of the shirts that we found said things like girls trip, cheaper than therapy, which, okay, but um, one, is it cheaper than, I, maybe, I guess if you added up months of therapy, whatever. But that shirt was pretty off-brand for us considering that all of us are huge fans of therapy and two of the four of us are actually licensed therapists. Um, or we found shirts that said things like, the girls are drinking again, or I'm the bad influence, or I'm the one who will get us out of jail or whatever. And that's just not, that's just not what we were looking for. Um, so we ended up settling on some shirts that were fine. We weren't pretty. We weren't particularly excited about. And it was on that trip while wearing that shirt that I had an idea. I thought, if I can't find these shirts, if I can't find the thing that I'm looking for, why don't I make them? I know a little bit about printing and apparel from making our girls' trip sweatshirts. So I thought, like, how hard can this be? Uh, it turns out pretty hard, but I didn't see that coming. So I got started on these shirts, on these designs right away. I found inspiration everywhere. I was dreaming up a thousand different designs. Um, I first worked with my friend Amber, who is amazing. She's done, um, she did the book cover uh, for my book, The Between Places. We've worked together for a long time. She's incredible. Um, And so she and I worked together and I sent her so much inspiration and we worked back and forth. and, um, And then I found that like, I want, I was like still tinkering even on my own and, and, 
with practice, the more I practiced actually making designs by myself, the better I got at it. And the more I was able to actually make with my hands the things that I was seeing in my brain. And it was just such a cool creative process. Um, And so not only was I working with Amber and designing a million things, Amber's Copperheart Creative. Uh, If anyone needs a great designer, she's awesome. Uh, She's in the Nashville area. Um, but I also ordered like a zillion different samples. When I tell you that Carl was like, Stephanie, what is happening? Like the postman was at our door every single day. And I mean, I still, to this day, I'm wearing basically entirely girl strip shirts because I have so many of them. I'm like, what am I going to do with all these shirts? Um, I have piles and piles and piles of them. And I wanted to, um, and you know, I wore them and washed them and wore them and washed them. And I just wanted to make sure they were absolutely perfect, um, both for my girlfriends and for yours. And so I, I really worked at this for months. Um, once I had a collection ready, I had to figure out like where to put it. And I had first gone to Etsy to look for um, our girls' trip shirts. And I've, you know, I've bought things from Etsy over the years. And so I decided like, let's try Etsy. Let's make Etsy our little home for this girls' trip specific shop. And I just could not wait to make or to share the things that I was making. Um, and so I, I got everything connected. I learned how to, you know, use a new software, new, um, I don't know, what do you call it? Like program kind of. Um, and then I like press publish and shared about the shop for the first time with you guys. Um, I think I sent an email about it and probably shared it on social media. And basically the second this idea was out of my head and into the world, that started to creep in. I, like, this is something that I've noticed happens for me with basically anything I'm working on. My friend Emily and I talk about like, we call it like the entrepreneurship cycle or I don't know, maybe we should call it like the cycle of shame or something or fear because we start out with an idea and it sounds so exciting and so fun and we're working on it and we're pumped and we're ready to go. And then basically the second it gets out in the world, we feel this total like wave of, am I good enough for this? And probably not. And um, I can't do it. And I shouldn't have even tried. And just this like deep shame. And it kind of takes a while for us to get through that, to get back up to the part where we're ready to work on it again, um, where we think that this is a good idea again. We're out of the vulnerability of it. Really, it's it is, it's kind of a vulnerability hangover, like Brene Brown talks about. I, and I've known this about everything I've ever done. Everything I've ever done, you know, anything scary, really. And so anything worthwhile, I know for me personally, I feel really confident about things from far away. Um, so when I'm dreaming about a trip or a experience or applying for a job or just honestly, anything that's going to cost writing a book, anything that's going to cost me anything, I am really excited about it from a distance. But then as it gets closer, I start to shrink and I start to feel more scared. And I, I feel the vulnerability of this thing. I feel the risk that I'm taking in putting myself out there like this. And I've learned over the years that I basically just have to keep going because my the version of the version of me with some distance from a decision is really brave and has a really good like big picture view about what I want and who I want to be and where I want to go. And I'm able to make brave and bold decisions. But then I know that as it gets closer, it's like, you know, a mountain from far away. It feels, it looks small and scalable, I guess. And then as you get close to it, you go, oh my gosh, this thing is so tall. Um, and so I've, I've learned I can't listen to myself. I can't listen to the things that my mind is telling me from up close. Because whenever I'm, I'm about to have to do something, I don't want to do it anymore. But I think I kind of forgot 
all of that with this because that's a that's a hard even though I know that to be true about myself, it's hard to hold on to that truth when I'm really scared. And that's uh, what I was feeling about this idea. So the second I started, the second I pressed publish, doubt started to creep in and I just was doubting everything. I started thinking like, what if this isn't a good idea after all? Or what if nobody likes the things that I've made? Or what if I'm not good at this? Or like really what made me think that I was qualified to do this in the first place. Like, I don't have a degree in this. I don't have experience in this. I'm not, like, who told me that I was allowed to do this? So the that's what was happening inside my head. What was happening outside my head is that the shop did fine. Um, it was, like, basically as good of an outcome as anyone could kind of expect for something that's new and that... Like no one knew I was working on this. There wasn't a good, no one knew to expect this. No one, uh, I don't know. It, it, I just kind of threw it out there and it's like, hey, here it is. <laughs> um, and so I got good feedback, but it just wasn't like an instant success by any means. One, it was new, which we'll talk about the things I've learned from this experience in a little bit. But it, it really, one of the, the issues that I ran into was that it turns out that while basically most of us were dreaming about going on a girl's trip, not all of us had one in the works. And so that was kind of you know one of the roadblocks I ran into that just like, it wasn't a runaway success right away. And um, the fact that the shop wasn't this instant success swirled together with the doubts that I was feeling from the second I pressed publish. And before long, I had convinced myself that this was a terrible idea and that I should quit. And so I did. I walked away. I stopped working on it. I gave up. And I tucked this dream and months and months of hard work and a bazillion t-shirt samples um, kind of into a drawer and just tried to forget about it. And anytime I would think about this thing, I just, I found myself like kicking myself for wasting time on something so silly. But the thing is that while my confidence in the idea and my ability to execute it totally disappeared, my heart for the idea, the thing that got me to that place in the first place of like, I want to make this. I think this is something cool. That didn't go away. The thing is, I really, more than pretty much anything, I love friendship. And I love travel. And time with my friends is my favorite form of self-care. And uh, little keepsakes from my friends bring me so much encouragement and hope and joy, like a mug or a keychain or a matching t-shirt that I've gotten from a friend feels like a hug. It feels like this physical reminder that I'm not alone in the world, even when my friends are thousands of miles away. Um, also, every year about this time, I realize that I have the hardest time buying gifts for my girlfriends. I need, a, I usually need like several of them. It's not like, like buying gifts for Carl, my husband is like its own beast. <laughs> like it's really hard. Um, but buying girlfriend gifts, it's like you need, you don't have to do it once. You need like a couple things and all your friendships are different. All your friends are different and you want them all to be special, but it's not like you have like a hundred bucks to spend per friend, or at least I don't. And then everything's like, kind of like you have to go, okay, do I want to get them something useful? Well, like that's kind of boring. Or do I want to get them something that they really want but haven't bought for themselves? Okay, well, there's like no surprise to that. Or do I want to get them something that's like nice, but like kind of generic? I don't know. And that just says to me, that says like, I was thinking of you and I wanted to get you something, but I couldn't really find anything that meaningful. So here's this. <laughs> um and I just have always wanted to do better than that. And I've always had a really hard time finding great girlfriend gifts. Um, and so not only 
So, so I loved this idea. The, the place that this came from within me and in my life was so real and genuine um, and something that I'm, I'll be passionate about forever. But not only did I love this idea, I loved working on it. I truly was overflowing with ideas. I would be on my phone constantly being like, oh, and I want to make this. Oh, and I want to make this. Oh, and I want to make this. And it should say this or it should look like this. And I was finding inspiration everywhere. Like the design printed on my coffee cup, the pattern on my, you know, paper coffee cup or um, like music lyrics or designs throughout history or um, like a particular style that was, I don't know, like 70s après ski gear. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just, I, I was getting ideas everywhere and overflowing with excitement about this. And I, I think honestly, it's probably the most like creatively lit up I've ever felt was working on this and free. And I think that part of the thing that made me feel so free about it, basically before I shared about it, was that uh, I'm not a professional. I'm not a professional designer. Like there really is no reason that I should be awesome at this. And so I think that that gave me the freedom to just make things that I like. And the more I practiced, the more the things that I was making looked like the things in my head. And that just was such an exciting process. So anyway, I, I love the idea for the shop and I loved working on it. And I really worked on it for months and months and months and never got sick of it. It just was so fun for me. But despite all of that, I, I quit. I quit because it didn't take off right away and because it wasn't a runaway success and because um, I felt so vulnerable in putting a piece of myself out there, even though I've you know been doing it for years, you'd think I'd be over that by now, um, but I'm not. I, yeah, I just felt so vulnerable and so nervous about the whole thing. And I felt so shaky offering this thing out into the world that I, I thought was good, but then all of a sudden I wasn't sure. And um, it felt like I didn't get this overwhelming, like, yes, this is awesome back in response. And so I like instantly kind of tucked it away. And not only did I quit, but I felt embarrassed to have tried. I, I think the thing is that I didn't want to be caught caring about something that other people thought was dumb. I didn't want to be caught trying unless I knew that something was going to succeed. And, you know, I don't, I don't really know why. I don't feel that in every part of my life, but I did in this and I felt it really fiercely. I really let the fear of what other people might think tr trump what I think. And what I think is that I love this. I, I sat there frozen in this defeat for a, the longest time, for months and months and months. And the reason that I want to share this story with you is because I know that I'm not the only one. I know that all of us have something that we're dreaming about, dreaming of, something we want to do in our life. And I think a lot of us are afraid that it's dumb and that we're not good enough and that nobody's going to like it. So I think that a lot of times those fears keep us from starting a lot of times. It's, you know, we just keep this idea tucked away in our head because we're afraid of, of what might happen to it if we bring it out into the world. But the other thing is, you know, I think for others of us like me, you know, we we do the thing, we write the book, we sign up for the class, we go on the date, you know, we like do the thing. But basically the second we're out away from the crowd in the open with our heart on our sleeve, it's so scary and vulnerable. And we just, it's so hard to just stand there, to be seen. Um, out there by yourself, loving the thing that you love and wondering if other people are going to love it too. And it's like that moment is so vulnerable and so scary that we 
we just can't do it. We just can't, we just have to we just have to walk away. We have to stop that discomfort. Um, that's how I felt, and I just I know I'm not the only one. But I didn't stay there. And I'm really glad I didn't stay there. And I don't want you to have to stay there either. Um, If you're feeling stuck in the same place that I spent so much time in, I want to get you out. I think it's just time, you know? So here's here's how I kind of got through this moment. Here's the thing that shifted. So one morning, I had a really small idea that sort of snowballed, sparked a different idea and a different idea and a bigger one and a bigger one. So it started because I was thinking about my the shop I do have, um, the shop that I did survive the vulnerability long enough to keep out in the world. Um, it's stephaniemaywilsonshop.com. And again, it's where we have like our journals and um, devotional and uh, my books and um, and where we've had our, our girls' night sweatshirt, our My Favorite Night is Girls' Night sweatshirt um, for years now. So it's less vulnerable because it's been there for a while. Um, But I was thinking about the shop and I was thinking about just kind of the way that I have things organized in our corner of the internet. And it started to make kind of, the more I thought about it, the more it felt like it sort of made no sense what I had in there. The fact that it is sort of a catch-all for just like anything that I make makes it kind of hard to describe and hard to be like, this is what this is about or this is what this is for. And I was getting just like a little bit stuck, yeah, being able to describe it, being able to share about it um, because it it was sort of a collection of just all kinds of things. I don't think I've told this story. I'm wondering if I told it last time, but anyway, you might hear it again. So uh, when we first moved to Nashville, we bought this little house and it was in this up and coming neighborhood that was like, still had a ways ways to go. It was like kind of a, uh, like, kind of an interesting collection of houses and people and all kinds of things. Well, so our neighbor had this house that had been there for, I don't know, 50 years or something. And you could tell that the house started at one size, but then they built on onto it and built onto it and built onto it. And it was sort of this like, a little bit of like a Frankenstein house. Um, the the cherry on top was the fact that in their garage, they had a detached garage out back. And on top of the garage, it was like a flat roof. On top of the garage, they had like battlements, like like on top of a castle, you know, it's like they had sort of a fence around it, but it looked like a castle. They had a, like a bridge to the main part of the house and they had a hot tub on the roof. And it was just such a funny, like, random thing to be next door in our neighborhood that we just would always look at it and go like, how did it end up like that? And it really was how a lot of things happen in all of our lives and in my life where like one thing leads to the next, leads to the next. And then you just sort of add a little on here and add a little on here. And a couple years later, you look and go, I didn't really have a plan. Like I didn't have a long-term plan when I made this. Um, I've just sort of been doing a little bit at a time. And so uh, that's kind of what I was thinking about my little shop was like, it's just sort of a collection of kind of some random things. And um, I, and I think when you don't have a really specific vision for something, it kind of can be, a, when something's a catch-all, it actually stifles your creativity. Whereas if you have a really specific vision for something, I think it opens up creativity a lot. It's like really counterintuitive, but I think that that's really true. Uh, And so I was trying to think of like, how can I organize this a little bit better? And then I thought, what if I have two shops? What if I just kind of split them apart and I have one that's for my books and my guides and my resources and another that's for our girls' trip sweatshirts uh, or girls' night sweatshirts. (laughs) You can tell I've been talking about girls' trips forever. So another one that's for our girls' night sweatshirts. Maybe it's like 
a girls night shop, you know, just whatever it is, whatever we have for the podcast and other stuff is just like my, my books. Um, and then I thought, well, if I'm going to make a new home for our girls night sweatshirts, I could put other things in there too. Like what about best friend gifts? And I immediately was thinking about how hard of a time I have finding best friend gifts. And then I was like, and then if we're going to have girls trip or girls, see, I did it again, girls night sweatshirts and best friend gifts, maybe we should have girls trip shirts, like the ones I was working on for so long. And sort of before I knew it, there it was. It was a whole new idea. And it was in, it was the same in a lot of ways, but it was new in a lot of ways too, because it was bigger than what I'd originally dreamed up. It was bigger than what I dreamed up the first time and the second time and the third time. And it I realized it wasn't necessarily about girls' nights or girls' trips. It was about friendship. I realized that this little shop doesn't just have to be a place that you go if you like cozy sweatshirts and you like the Girls' Night podcast, but it can be a place where you come to find like physical symbols of unity for your friends, gifts that will remind them of who they are and what they're capable of and the fact that you're in their corner every step of the way. I thought this shop could be a celebration of women and connection and the beautiful adventure that life is when we live it together. And with that, I was ready to try again. I was ready to pull all these ideas out from the drawer that I had stuffed there in fear and embarrassment um, over the last several months. I was ready to kind of come out of hiding and and maybe own up to the fact that I really love this and I really care about it and that I hope other people do too. But even if they don't, the thing that I thought to myself as I was, you know, kind of peeking my head out again was, you know what? Even if this never turns into anything or becomes this like big successful shop, I love this. And that in itself makes it worthwhile. And so I got back to work. Um, I pulled together all of, well, I took our girls' night sweatshirts out of my regular shop and started building a new shop. Um, I had to figure out what I wanted to call it. It wasn't necessarily about girls' trips, um, it was, but it was gifts. And, and so I sort of combined a couple of things together that I had been like dreaming about and came up with the girls' night gift shop. Pretty straightforward, uh, kind of has a Beanie Baby stuff store, fourth grade Stephanie ring to it, but I like it. Girls' night has been my thing forever and um, gifts for friends. And so that's, that's what I'm calling it is the girls' night gift shop. So I gathered all of the girls' night um, gear that we've had over the years. I've made so many things, things that you guys have seen, things you haven't. I have designs that like never made, never saw the light of day. Um, I have things that, like I have an an art print that my best friend um, hand drew. She's this incredible artist and I've never gotten to share it before because I just kind of didn't get there and kind of didn't have time and was also like too scared. Um, And also it didn't really fit with the other stuff I was doing. And then also I had all of these girls trip designs and girls weekends and like um, customizable shirts that you can put your, uh, like the name of your group and when you were established, um, you guys have, have met these friends of mine because I've had them on the show before, but I have a group called the Pocket People. Um, and so we have a version of the shirt that says the Pocket People established 2014. And um, so like I, I found that design and, you know, I just, I've been working on all of these things. Um, and I finally had a home for them and I finally had a direction for them. Meaningful gifts for your best friends and matching shirts to wear with your favorite people. And that works whether you're, you know, doing a girl's night or a girl's weekend or a girl's trip or 
even if you're getting together for Christmas and are as into matching Christmas shirts as I am, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. Um, So I started pulling this all together, but I want to share some of the like specific things that I learned in the process of doing this because I, these, I've learned some lessons along the way in like kind of coming back to this idea that, that I know I'm going to be thinking about forever. But anyway, so I spent, I spent, I've spent the last several months pulling things out of hiding and pulling myself out of hiding and creating again. And I've been having such a good time. And it just feels like I've been able to celebrate friendship and travel and the adventure that we get to go on together when we do life together. And it's been really, really fun. Um, And really, I'm going to be opening it up on Black Friday. And I, I wanted to tell you guys the backstory before I did share it. Because one, because I think it helps. (laughs) I think that it helps to, I don't know if it's like professional or good speaking etiquette or style or whatever, but like if you get up on stage and you say, I'm a little nervous, it just kind of breaks the ice. And that's how, that's what I feel like I just need to do with this. I'm still totally nervous. And I know that basically the second I put this out in the world again, all those doubts are going to crash back in um, because that's just how it is. It's going to be vulnerable to share this again, just like it was when I sort of stuck my toe in the water last time um, before I pulled it back out again. So I know that I'm going to be feeling vulnerable. And I think that having you guys know that I feel vulnerable and having you guys know that I'm scared, it just helps me for some reason. It just helps to say, hey, I'm nervous, but here I am anyway. And then also, the more I thought about this, the more I realized like I'm not the only one feeling this way. You know, like we talked about, I know we all have stuff where we're feeling small and nervous and like, Either we started, but we are just totally going to quit because we're pretty sure that we already are seeing signs of failure and we want to stop before we get to them. Or we're too scared to even start because we just we just can't take even thinking about the vulnerability that this endeavor is going to take. But I've already, even though, even though it, it's not even out in the world yet, even though it still totally could fail, I found so much purpose and joy and reward even in doing it anyway, in in pursuing it anyway, even if it fails. And I just want to encourage you in that too. I don't want us to live small. I don't want us to avoid hard things. I don't want us to, I, I mean, at least for me, I know that I would rather fall on my face, but know that I tried and know that I did the very best that I could than spend the rest of my life wondering what could have happened if I would have given it a shot. Because that's the truth. We actually don't know what's going to happen. If you go on that date, if you write that book, if you apply for that job, if you sign up for that class, if you build that girls' night gift shop, you actually don't know what's going to happen. It could be fine. Like it could be okay. It could, you know, you have a couple of wonderful customers. Like maybe my mom will buy a t-shirt and that'll be so nice of her. And uh, that can be it. Or it could be a runaway success. Like you really have no, you think you know what's going to happen. You think it's going to be worst case scenario, but it really might not. It really might be best case scenario. And you just don't know until you try. And I just want to be the kind of person who tries. And I want to be the kind of person that does things that I love, whether or not they're outwardly successful, but just because they matter to me. And I want that to be okay. Um, And so as I practice that in my own life, I want to invite you into it too. So I want to I want to share a couple like really practical things that I've learned in 
giving this another try and in quitting the first time and standing back up. Um, and I want to share these things like before the shops even open because I'll probably be too nervous to to talk about it once it's out in the world again. I'll have to like, I don't know, turn off my phone for a few minutes and and just remind myself of the things I know are true. So I won't be, I won't be in as uh, good of a place to really talk about this, I don't think, um, just for the first little bit once it's out in the world again. But here are some things that I've learned. One of the things is that you don't have to be good enough when you start something. Starting is how you get good enough. That's one of the doubts that I found myself believing really strongly was that like, I'm not good enough to do this. I don't have a degree in design. And that is a little bit tricky because my wonderful husband actually does. He's like, I'm convinced one of the best designers in the entire world, (laughs) truly. And so sitting next to him, creating things when I'm like, oh my gosh, if he just sneezed, he could make something so much better. It's intimidating. Um, but we all have those people. It's like, maybe we're not married to them, but it's, you know, a friend, it's someone we see on Instagram, it's whatever. Like we we see people who seem to be good enough to do the thing we want to do. And they probably have some like, I don't know, letters after their name or a degree or have taken a class or have more experience than we do. And so it's like, why would I even start? I'm not as good as they are but they weren't good at the beginning either. Nobody is. And it's through the doing that we get better. And sort of a, a, I think instead of looking at something and saying, am I good enough to do this? Maybe we look instead and say, do I like this? Do I, does this bring me life? Is this something that I enjoy? And if it is, it's worth trying and it's worth practicing until you get better at it. The second thing that I have learned through this is that good things take time you will get better at this as you go and so will your idea. And also, basically nothing takes off right away. And so so using that as a metric for, is this successful? Looking and saying, is this, does this reach some invisible bar of success immediately? That's like just the wrong way to think about it because nothing's going to. If you look at anyone who's successful at something and ask them how long it took them to get there, everyone is going to say it took years. Everyone is going to say it took years. We see this a lot in Nashville, um, living in Nashville, because we get to see so many awesome people pursuing careers as like country artists or you know musicians or we have a lot of creative people around here. And it's crazy because when you see a new country artist who's like exploded on the scene, you think, wow, they just like made it this year. Like maybe they started last year and they made it this year, and it's like. Absolutely not. They have been working at this and opening for other people and playing writer's rounds and uh, writing music for other people that made other people more successful. And some even like, you know, playing on the side of the road somewhere, you know, for tips. Like people have been working at this for years and years and years. They might have a degree in it, you know, that they got 15 years ago. Like it really is, nobody is an overnight success. And I think the people who are, if someone does happen to like go viral right when they start, I don't think that they'll have the experience to be able to sustain it. Um, So they might have like a really great moment in the sun, but it's not gonna last. Basically anything that's worthwhile takes time to build. I know really it it has for me. When I started this podcast, uh, you guys might have heard this story. I was really nervous about it too. I thought, I like the, the idea of this. I like the idea of getting to be able to have conversations with the women in our community instead of like 
doing it from behind a blog post or something. But I just didn't know if I could do the technology of it. I didn't know if I would be good at it. I didn't know if anyone would want to listen. I didn't know if anyone would want this from me. I didn't know that I was going to really like it. Like I just, basically, I didn't know anything. All I knew is that I was curious about this and kind of wanted to try it. And so um, the phrase that got me through that initial period was the idea that it's okay to be a beginner. And I wrote that on a sticky note and I put it on my podcast mic that I got off of Amazon. And I just reminded myself of that. Every time I would go to record an episode, I reminded myself of the fact that anyone who's good at this now wasn't good at this at the beginning. Everyone was bad at this when they got started. And it was through the doing that they got better. And it was after, like, it was through doing it for a long time that they got better. And that really is true about the podcast. I got to find out that I do like it and then I love it and that I was okay at it, but I got better. But that's taken a long time. I've been podcasting for, I think, seven years now. The the opportunities that I'm having now, the, the, Invitations I'm getting the the yeah the really the opportunities that I'm getting now as a podcaster are things I couldn't even have dreamt of at the beginning, and it's because I just wasn't there yet. And it's been through walking through these seven years that I've been able to get to this place. It just takes time. 